Once again, neobanks are fast at work trying to take your best, most profitable customers. So as a community bank, what are you doing to specifically attract those very customers that the neobanks want? Stay tuned and find out. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Well, I have to tell you that as a longtime banker working with uh, community banks and credit unions, I really get worked up when I read an article or see some news about some fintech-inspired neobank starting up with the attention of providing online banking services. And they're always focused on some targeted demographic. We're going to be the neobank for small businesses. Or if you're a young millennial, you know, here's bright, shiny things that we're going to bring to you, right? So the, the inherent message when you see that kind of announcement is, is that whatever traditional bank you might have considered using or are using is failing and they're not providing the services you need or deserve. And we are going to solve this with, and, you know, put some kind of crazy sounding name because they need a .com .url. <laughs> right? So by definition, a neobank is not a bank. They're not a bank. They don't have a FRB ABA number. They're not governed by all the rules and regulations that every other bank has. So what it really means is, is that there's some third party that is actually using a traditional bank in the background to perform all of the banking activities while they provide a new, shiny, wonderful looking front end in the effort to capture new customers. Now, let me just state this right up front that, that I think as I look across the community banking landscape and, and look at the tools and the services that uh, most community banks offer, the neobanks competitors are doing a much better job in marketing than the typical community bank is, right? If our customers banking with a community bank are so easily swayed by neobanks marketing, well, then that's on us. That's something we need to address, that we need to fix. Now, in addition, neobanks online banking and mobile apps are generally way better than what most community banks offer. And better marketing combined with a robust customer experience, that matters. It's not hard to see why the demographics they go after would be drawn to them. Now, it certainly makes sense that individuals that are familiar with the digital banking experience of a typical bank who then see the demo, the latest, greatest neobank mobile app, would be enticed to give that neobank app a try. Doesn't matter that all the compliance rules, FDIC insurance, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff that a bank provides is absent in the neobank offering. The user experience is what matters. Every single time you see a new neobank offering pop up, you should investigate what they're offering. You, you should check it out. Look at their user experience and see how it compares to yours. If your digital experience is lacking compared to that, then fix it. Fix it. Now, neobanks come and they go. <laughs> In fact, as it turns out, most of them go. You just don't regularly read about them going. You hear a lot about them coming, but eh, when they go, they just kind of fade away. 
But in my regular news feed, I found an article from the financial brand that touches on this issue. And I'll, I'll put the link into the show notes. But this article highlights that most neobanks that have started over the last 10 years are no longer active. Try this exercise. Grab a pen and get a scrap of paper. And I want you to write down every internet-only neobank that exists that you can think of. Go ahead. Uh, I'll wait. Okay. How'd you do? Now, I would rage your money that matters that you couldn't come up with even five names. Did you have uh, moving simple on your list? No, no, they're no, they're gone. No more. Those offerings had a big splash and they got all kinds of press. And eventually they just folded into a traditional bank. Moreover, the financial brand article highlights that the appetite from venture capital firms funding neo startups has now started to be reduced. Could it be that Many, many of these failures and few successes in the neobank space is driving that trend? I would say likely. Now, according to one source, there are about 250 neobanks operating worldwide right now. Right now. How many of those will be operating a year from now? Well, that's unknown. What is known that the hype cycle for these offerings seems to be coming to an end. Very much like buy now and pay later, Neobanks could be headed for a spectacular crash as bigger competitors crush them or they smash into the unrelenting regulatory requirements compliance wall. Now, my take is that neobanks are created to achieve some number of online users and then convert that market share into a deal where they sell out to a traditional bank. None of them probably are created thinking that they're going to be long lasting. They're just trying to achieve market share. They'll never sustain as a neobank because at the end of the day, you just can't generate sufficient profits by pretending to be a bank while you're still paying a real bank behind the scenes. But you can grab market share, and that grab may be centered on younger millennials and Gen Zs. So if you're a traditional community bank, can you just wait out the latest round of neobanks, hoping that any customers who jump ship will eventually come back around to bank with you when it all falls apart? Maybe not. Community banks who are not aggressively orienting services to meet the demands of the online, now mostly younger prospects, are not set up for long-term success. If valuations for neobanks are trending downward, one option might be to pool funds amongst a common group of smaller FIs and buy one. Why not? You would wind up getting a world-class front end to match whatever legacy core system that you have. And you could, you know, have your competent back-end service. Maybe you could convince your legacy core to actually buy one. Some of them are doing that now, and community banks will ultimately benefit from their doing so. Regardless, it is not acceptable for your digital banking footprint to not have the features and experiences that attract younger customers. Let me say that again. It is not acceptable for your digital banking footprint to not have the features and the experience that attract younger customers. It's mission critical, and you need to stop trying to figure out how to get online bank and mobile apps as inexpensively as you can. You would never operate any physical branch with the what's the cheapest we can get this for philosophy. So stop. Stop doing it with your mobile banking and online banking applications. Now, let me give just one other kind of soapbox issue. If you are a community bank and you're listening to this, I bet you're not telling very good stories. 
You may not even be telling any stories, much less good ones. You're not tooting your horn in a manner that will matter to younger potential customers. People want to emotionally connect with whom they do business. So as community bankers, you probably have many examples of how the bank has helped individuals, businesses, and your communities. I mean, really good stories. But we are inherently bad storytellers. We waste time and energy on social media posts that are essentially advertisements instead of telling stories about how we help this person or that company succeed. People connect through storytelling, and we better get better at that critical still at that critical skill really fast, really fast. Now, I've written on this subject in the past, and you can bet more podcasts on storytelling will be coming. Now, as a chartered community bank, you have a built-in advantage over any neobank. Absent the digital banking experience that younger customers expect and effective marketing focused on compelling and well-written stories, you will always be chasing these Johnny-come-lately bright, shiny object neobanks. Now, could you use your upcoming strategic planning sessions to plan a new course that will have your institution in a position to dominate young millennials and Gen Z markets in 2024? I'm sure that you can, but it will take effort. It will take dedicated effort. It will take a board and senior management, the team that accepts that the long-term future of the FI is bleak without this focus is going to be on top of it. Now, I'd love to hear what you're thinking. If you have questions about how you can achieve this big goal, give me a contact. Reach out to me. If you're struggling with trying to figure out how to do this, my contact information is coming up in mere moments. Thanks. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.